August 4, 2023. It's the for Pedro Show.
Pedro Show. Happy Friday. If you hear that noise, I ain't man alone. Let me tell you, we start off with the inchworm. This is a live excerpt from John Coltrane, November 22, 1962. And we had bad hair with black and white man. Like I said, I'm not in man alone mode because of those uh, software engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got with me. Jeannie, welcome aboard. Thank you. Hello. Nice to talk to you. Jeannie Fry. Yeah, uh, right away we got to give uh, credit or big respect, Brother Scotty Irvin, for the connect. Uh, yeah, I love Scotty. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what I want to ask you, because I want to learn about your journey through music, the stuff you sent me and all this, starting with bad hair, huh? Then uh, bad dream house and kitty badass and... All the bad. Okay, yeah, right, right. Anyway, your earliest musical recollection, please. Uh, I do remember being on a swing set when I was about three or four trying to write a song about a butterfly and thinking that it wasn't good enough. <laughs> With the butterfly or the song? The song. Okay. Butterflies are beautiful, right? They can't go wrong. Yeah, how can you write a song as beautiful as a butterfly? Yeah. And, and and you're 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 talking about the final phase, right after the cocoon and all that. Yeah, one of those. Uh, what are they called? The golden brown ones. Well, we got here monarchs on their way to Mexico, right? They migrate, and these are beautiful. Yeah, that's that's what it was. I yeah. was trying to think about. Right. Uh, okay. The pad you grew up in was your musical instruments. No, but when we visited my grandmother, she had a piano and she was a singer. She played and sang the piano in her house and her house always seemed funner to me than our house. Now, did you jump on that piano when you were over visited? No, I used to watch my sister do it, but I I guess I didn't think I was capable of it. So I never tried myself. Well, let me ask you about school. Were you in the marching band or choir, shit like that? I was in the choir and got chosen to be in the all-state choir, and that was really fun for me, but I also was second-guessing the songs that they were picking, but I loved harmonizing and stuff in the choir. That was my favorite part of it. Second-guessing? Well, some I, I guess I wanted to sing ever since I started singing, songs that I could relate to more and they were having us sing little kid songs and I couldn't relate to that. You weren't a little kid at the time. I was a kid, but the topics weren't interesting me. I was always thinking about feelings and words and emotions and I didn't want to do simplistic rhymes and stuff even as a kid. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you want to be you. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Even like Frank Sinatra, right, when he covered, I don't think he wrote many songs, but he made them his. Yeah, yeah he, he definitely changed the cadence and stuff. He's famous for that, right? Right, right, right. In fact, Miles Davis said he was very influenced on the trumpet by his way of phrasing. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, read the Quincy Troop, you know, it, autobiography, but as told to, right? And then at the end, Miles says, that motherfucker said, I said motherfucker too many times. And then Quincy <laughs> Troop responded with, you know, he had 14 different ways to say motherfucker. It could be all the way good to all the way bad, right? Lame. <laughs> anyway, it's about you, not Miles Davis. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what was, Jeannie, what was the first record you bought with your own money, please? Uh, I bought a single. I don't know if you'll remember it because it was a little disco-y, but the band was called 
Exile, and the song was called Kiss You All Over. Okay. Yeah, nothing wrong with disco. I'm not it one was, of those haters. It was like a 70s hit, and I, I loved the song, and I remember bringing the 45 home, playing it over and over again, and one day my mom overheard it, and she's from England, and she, I was just innocent thinking Kiss You All Over was something cute, like I had a bunny and I would kiss him all over, but she listened to the record and said, that's disgusting. Uh oh <laughs> Power of music. <laughs> uh, what was the first gig you saw, Jeannie? The first rock show I saw was probably well, Eddie, rock. For me, music, you know, I'm 65 now, so at this point, music is music. I hate the idea of genre. Okay, then, I, Neil Sedaka and his daughter. Yeah, okay. Okay, <laughs> hey, family unit, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could sing. He could play and play some piano and stuff. Uh, uh, let me ask you this: Not after school, like graduate, but in the afternoon, did you get into the garage band, bedroom band, basement band thing? Um. Well, actually, it was only after I graduated when I started playing music with other people. Okay, okay. Again, I didn't really think I was capable of it. It. I used to sing all the time, and I remember I heard you talking to Kim Ware about eight-track tapes. And I remember on family vacations, my parents would put in an eight-track tape, and we all there's five of us kids, and we would all sing and harmonize. And harmony was my favorite part of that. But I never thought I could do it as write music myself or to a band myself until after I was already out of high school. You know, it's, I think it's very okay. We all don't have to be child prodigies. I've said this before on the show, but Vincent painted only the last 10 years of his life. And by the way, he only sold one painting. So, you know, if that's like a benchmark, you know, his paintings go for a buku bucks now, right? So it seems like they're, yeah, sometimes... <laughs> Maybe it's just a personal struggle because the rest of people just don't aren't on board yet. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Music is I a trippy think... thing. I was just uh, reading about Mr. Schopenhauer. You know how bummed out he was on everything, but he said there was some a kind of honesty. Fred Nietzsche too said there's some kind of honesty with the artistic expression of music because it is what it is. It's not really a a symbol. I mean, you can embed it with symbols, but, you know, the sounds and rhythms and melodies. and uh, Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's a, I, I was trying to articulate what made me so attracted to music, and I really don't know, except for the layers of things. It seemed more interesting than real life to me. Like when you're having a conversation with somebody with no notes in it, it's not as interesting as a melody, a harmony, instrumentation, and that really captured my imagination. Yeah, you know, and and then I gotta, I can't blame it all on people who don't do music because I see a bunch of bullshit perpetuated by people who supposedly are musicians. You know, uh, uh -huh. they get like we were talking about uh, disco. Like there's this uh, mu a real musician doesn't dance. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, but anyway, anyway, we're not talking about them. We're talking about you. So what was the event when you 
got brave enough to not be part of like the school program, but uh, start jamming with people. You already were with your family, but like you said, after school, after you graduated. Yeah, I have to give mad props to my friend Nina Kyle, who's also friends with Kim Ware. And she used to go to the same punk rock club as me. And we were watching all these mostly male bands play, but there were a couple females like the there was a female singer for the band Apple. And we she came up to me, we were teenagers, she came up to me and said, I heard you play bass, which I had purchased a bass when I was, I just came back from a vacation in England and I went to a party and they were playing T-Rex at the party. I had never heard T-Rex before and I loved it. And I thought, I just want to, I want to play music. Why don't we just leave it to the guys? Why can't I play bass? So I came home and bought a bass um, it was a hundred dollars in the store. And I said to the guy, can I just give you $90 because I need $10 to buy a T-Rex record. And he said, okay, he sold me this scaled down child's bass for 90 bucks. And I don't know how Nina found out I owned one, but she asked me to play bass in her band. And I just said, yes, even though I wasn't, I had only been just fooling around at home. I couldn't even really play it yet. Well, why did you pick bass of all the instruments? You know, I'm a little prejudiced towards bass. (laughs) (laughs) I know that about you. Also, I'm a little prejudiced to T-Rex too. My first gig, me and D. Boone saw T-Rex when we were 15 years old. Oh, you saw T-Rex? Yeah, it was our first concert. Like if you would ask me that question, what was your first gig? That would be Uh my answer. Wow, that's so much It was at the Long Beach exactly. Auditorium here in 1973. That's awesome. Yeah, except, I got to say, you know, this this is arena rock, right? So he's like fucking 16th of an inch tall. So that was kind of lame. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like a club. And let me tell you about the punk scene in Hollywood, you know, here where I got my initiation into the movement. Uh-huh. It was mainly women at first. Oh, up in really? Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. And they were in the bands. They were at, at the scene. In fact, you know, my sister took me before I actually went and saw gigs. Rocky Horror Picture Show. And a lot of those people I recognized when I started going to gigs. And a lot of more ladies, right? They knew all the words, throwing the toast. Uh, Let's oh, do yeah, the time yeah. warp. They jump on the front of the screen and start dancing. It was at the <laughs> Tiffany in uh, West Hollywood. That reminds me, my drummer and my bass player are both from L.A., and my drummer wanted me to tell you that he went to high school with the Hayden triplets. Cause oh, he wow. Knows- yeah, Pacific Palisades. <laughs> I think that's and, where uh, they grew up. Yeah, yeah. The Hayden tri- Petra's done a lot of music with me. She's All three of them are incredible ladies. And they got a band together, too. What's their band called? The Hayden Triplets. <laughs> oh. <laughs> makes sense, right? And yeah. my guitar player saw the Minutemen at L.A. street scene, yeah. summer of 1985. That was, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, maybe it was that. It, it was either, either 84 or 85 because it was the last one. The LAPD came in on horses and it, it was after us. Fear went on after us and there was a big thing, brouhaha. So they stopped him after that. But OK, OK, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, you gave me this music here, Bad Dream House. Let's play t- Tongue Love. <laughs> <laughs> 
They say the climate's changing. That we know for sure. Villages fall into the Yukon as permafrost is melting. Walruses stranded on icebergs. Polar bears paddling nowhere. Winter's worse and summer's like blazes and wildfires out of control. They say the climate's changing. That we know for sure. Coral reefs are going south and south. It's heading north. Butterflies cooking off mountaintops. Deserts frying. Jungles drying out. But how could things be otherwise? The way we've carried on. Maybe carbon credits will do the trick. Or a carbon tax instead. Maybe solar panels and windmills and energy efficient nightlights will fill the bill. Oh, we can always hope for the best. But as fracking goes wild, tar sands tear up the taiga. Six billion people go for nine. Gas back to two bucks a gallon. Oh, I have my doubts. They say the climate's changing. This we know for sure. And there's something else we know as well. That natural selection is still going on. And we might not be the fittest after all. But what we've left behind. Oh, evolution will mock our tardy rage. When we figure all this out. It's been fun. This carnival of carbon. This festival of gluttony and greed. But it can't go on forever. Life, however, will go on. With us or without. As Freeman Dyson wrote a long time ago. I believe that life can go on forever. It takes a million years to evolve a new species. Ten million for a new genus. And one hundred million for a class. A billion for a phylum. And that's usually as far as your imagination goes. In a billion years, it seems, intelligent life might be as different from humans as humans are from insects. Happen in another 10 billion years. It's utterly impossible to conceive of ourselves changing as drastically as that over and over again. All you can say is on that kind of time scale, the material form that life would take is completely open to change from a human being to a cloud may seem a big order, but it's the kind of change you'd expect over millions of years. Me? I want to be that man. They say the climate's changing, and so are we. Change is coming all right, and it won't stop for us. 
I want to be that man who turns into a cloud. I want my tears for what we've done to make the world anew. I want to be that man who turns into a
Not for Pedro show. That chunk of music started off. Bad Dream House doing Tongue Love. Like, what other kind is it, right? Like with the bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess with the bunny wasn't. Well, maybe. I don't know. Uh, the so uh, Sonic Prophets after this. Benji, buddy of uh, Scotty Irvin there in uh, Greensboro. The reaction. Uh, R04K How and Explain. A new collab our forest got with these cats over in Japan. Uh, Mind's Eye. Sarah Oswald and Felder Melder after that with Transpersonal Source. Butterfly Launches from Spar Pole. Yeah, that's the name of a band, right? Now, the tune's called Man Turns in a Cloud. And this is like from three or four years ago. Chris Novoselic with uh, a couple of buddies of his. Uh, Doctor reading the spiel, and then another buddy on the violin, and him playing. Because uh, I know him as a bass band, but I know he can play all kinds of stuff. He's playing acoustic guitar here with finger metal finger picks. A muskeg mudsuck after that out of Anchorage, Alaska, with Kron Kracha, J.D. Pincus, bass man for uh, Butthole Surfers for many years. Now he's doing uh, banjo. J.D. Pincus and Tall. Tall Trees, doing Mad Country, and finally, Kitty Badass with Ruminating <laughs> with a God. No, without a God, sorry. Fuck that up, Bob. <laughs> uh, okay, so, you get this bass. And, 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 you know, I fucking got into the T-Rex story so much, I didn't get the answer on why you chose bass. Uh, I, I always kind of gravitated towards the bass, I think because... It felt a little more secret than the guitar. The guitar and the vocals are always so out front, and the bass is sort of not not everybody, especially non musicians, pay attention to the bass. And then I remember hearing a song that Sting wrote for a movie called Brimstone and Treacle, um, and the bass line really captured my imagination. So when I first bought that little bass, I used to just play that over and over, and that was pretty much all I knew how to play. Did you remember uh, David Essex? No. Okay, he had a song on the radio in the 70s, and uh, I think the bass was Herbie Flowers, but that's all it is. It's called Rock On. Uh-huh. Now, there's a T-Rex song called Rock On, too, but much you can't copyright title. But, yeah, Rock On, Jimmy Dean. <laughs> but uh, here's what I think about bass, uh, not music people. I think they feel it before they hear it. Yeah, it reverberates in your ribcage. Because I, when I was a boy, I thought, oh, four-string, you know, D. Boone's Ma put me on bass. I didn't even know what it was. I was 12. And... Oh, it looks like a guitar, but as I've gotten less younger, no, not four-string guitar, four-string drum set. Because it's got the Ooh. kind of push of a drum that a guitar or a singer uh -huh. don't have. And that's why arena rock was terrible. But in a club, man, the bass comes on strong. So, okay, you join this lady's band. Do you remember the first gig? Um, yeah, I was terrified. And we played in a bar, and two of the girls were underage to get in the bar. It was an all-girl band, that first band, Bad Hair. And I had, I guess I had, 
I was older than them because I think I posed, I wrote a letter as if I was one of their mothers and giving her permission to be in the bar. But maybe we were all underage. It's hard to remember. I just remember we got in by the skin of our teeth. I was really, really nervous. And then on stage, I suddenly wasn't that nervous. We played the set and the audience really dug it and we were so happy and I wasn't really sure if they were digging it because our songs were good or because we were an all girl band, but I didn't care at that point. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But I would say that gig was a success. Yeah. I would, I would chalk it up as a success. Yeah. It didn't make us quit the band or anything. <laughs> so what, what, what does bad hair, uh, obviously you recorded because we started to show off with a tune. Yeah, we have a couple of songs recorded. I think they're mostly from uh, radio shows. We played live on the radio a couple of times um, because I don't remember doing any kind of studio recording for that first band. Okay, okay. And how long does it last? Only a year, about a year and a couple months. And what do you do musically after that? So... All of the girls from the band reform another band, except for the drummer who we didn't think was keeping up with us. But I switched from bass to singing because I loved harmony so much and I had trouble playing and singing at the same time and decided I just wanted to sing. So that next band had two lead singers, a girl who wrote all the lyrics, would sing the melody, and I would just harmonize on everything. Is this bad dream house? Yeah, that tongue love song. Okay, okay. And, uh, and now, did this band record, go into the studio? Yeah, we actually got signed to um, Rockville Records, which Uncle Tupelo was also on. I remember. Yeah, they did a song time. called D Boone, in fact. But we only put out one forty-five. It had three songs on it. But we heard through the grapevine that it was Uncle Tupelo's favorite uh, band on that label, and they were ours. So that was really exciting. But then that band ended up breaking up. Of like two years in, we never recorded anything else. But I do have some more songs of, from live radio shows of them too. Now those cats were East St. Louis. Did you ever get to play with uh, Uncle T Tupelo? Did you go out? Did this band uh, Bad Dreamhouse tour? We did tour. We never got to play with Uncle Tupelo, and we never actually met them in person, but it was so thrilling to know that they had heard our single. <laughs> you know, uh, the, uh, the bass man went to make a band called Wilco. Yes. Uh, what was the other band that came out of Uncle Tupelo? I was trying to think of the name of it the other day. I don't know, but I remember he... Uh, he was the guitar man, and he went with the drummer of Clockhammer, a, a Nashville band that we played with, I remember. Well, I played with Uncle Tupelo, too. Like I said, they made a song called D. Boone. Uh, uh, I don't do know right now. Do you remember that song, Gun? I think that was their single on Rockville. Man, my memory sometimes. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's okay. But I remember I uh, the last uh, Minuteman tour was opening for R.E.M., and they had a tune that said, Don't Go to Back to Rockville. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, I guess the name of a real town, but here it's slang for like, you know, Coke House or something. <laughs> you don't want to say that. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's just an unfortunate course. I remember playing in El Paso and there was an old, it was, the gig was an old Coca-Cola bottling plant. 
and they named it the Rock House. And I said, man, that's not a good name. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's not like Sly Stone said, it's not where you're from, it's where you're at. You know, we're at the end of the first hour, August 4, 2023 edition, Watt Pedro Show, special guest, Jeannie Fry. Hold tight for hour two. August 4, 2023, second hour, Watt for Pedro Show.
show start off the second hour with same dream oracle new dream for what he's got to learn about this man the drift institute after that with i used to be a stoner this trippy music reminds me of joe frank and you know, people out there lost him a few years ago but he make these spiels with music around him i always wondered what came first l7 after that lost in paradise this is l7 with the word not the number you know where I first heard else? It's in that uh, Wooly Bully, right? The Pharaohs, Sam the Salmon of Pharaohs. Uh, don't be, uh, come on, take a chance, learn to dance. Uh, don't be L7 or some shit. Yeah, that's oh, like 1965 so or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, out of it after that, Mirror Secured. Toxic Wakes from Lampertanto featuring Mark Stewart. Mark Stewart, a beautiful man. We lost him back in April. He woke up in the middle of the night. He told his mom, dying, and he was dead. That's what Gareth, uh, a pop group guitar man, told me. I still don't know how we lost him. He's only 62. Same dream after that with Tough Love. Uh, Jeannie, enlighten us to same dream. Yeah. No, maybe you should tell oh, us okay. about Kitty Badass first, because that's what we played at the end of the last show. Okay. I really loved Kitty Badass because it was the first time that I realized that I could write my own songs. Before, I was just harmonizing on the lyrics from my friend Susan Hurtuck wrote most of the lyrics. And she's actually the one who encouraged me to write. She's like, anyone could do it. Just say what you're feeling. And I had a notebook full of poems and she took them and she took one of the poems, which was called School of Minuscule about how small school made me feel. And she turned it into my lyrics into a song, which I then harmonized on. And it gave me my first glimmer of hope. And then when when that band Bad Dreamhouse broke up, for over a year, it must have been about two years, I didn't do any music and I was very depressed. And then one day, Kitty Badass asked me to sing for them because they're, they're, they had a miscommunication with their old singer. They thought she had quit and she had just gone to college, but she thought that they were going to continue. They just replaced her with me. And I just pretended that I could do it just like I did with the bass. And then I started writing and that song, I wrote, I'd say 65% of the lyrics to, for everything in that band. And I got a lot more confidence. I loved playing with the band. We put a 
record out on Elevator Records out of Connecticut. And we did really well, and we did a mini tour. It was very fun. And that's right around the time things started really happening in New York City with, like, that whole meet me in the bathroom scene, the Strokes and the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs and all those bands. And I really wanted to move to Brooklyn because I was living in Connecticut and it wasn't, it was like nowheresville. And there's a great bass man from Connecticut, Doug Wimbish. In fact, he, he played Mark Stewart's mafia. Um, oh. But uh, Kitty Badass, did it share any members from the Bad Dream House? No, it no, was a okay. fresh start for okay. me. Fresh start, oh, fresh start. Actually, the drummer. Yes, the drummer. How could I say that? Don Vanek played in both Bad Dream House and Kitty Badass. Okay. And what about here? Uh, same dream here. The dream. It's a bad dream house, but the, the same dream. Like we just played <laughs> tunes. How, how does this develop? So that I. After 9-11, I thought, I just better start doing what I want because we could all die at any minute. And I moved to New York City like I had been wanting to do. And Nina, who was in Bad Hair and Bad Dream House with me, her ex-boyfriend lived in Queens and I lived in Brooklyn. And we started playing together. I, I asked her permission because I wasn't sure if she would be cool about me being in a band with her ex and she was like I want you guys both to be happy you're both great musicians so uh, everybody's still friends but he is some kind of musical genius Damien Pratt and he would write all the music and I would write the lyrics and then we would come up with harmonies and it was really fun playing in that band. Well you gave me another song same prediction I want to play that Oh cool I met you in somebody's basement Disagreed about the government Now you're dissolving like a sugar cube on my tongue You said you'd find me a replacement You think I'm fast and much too decadent I tried to tell you that I'm very nearly
and I go on master about all my pain. Said that I'm the son of Cain, the blackest of all the rain. Change is never gonna come if I keep praying the same. Birth the blackest part of Africa, never will I be tamed. Kill Tarzan and Jane and rocking the lion's mane. See, lames, they must refrain from going in with the pain. It's a natural part of my whole sabbatical. Spiritually stay your radical. Kill my father, but now I'm coming back for you. Beautiful when the instrument. Conversate with the infinite. Drumming beyond the genesis. Darker waters you swimming in. Living and dying times. Pinches baboseras, 
haces aquí? No vuelvas. Ya te vetes a tu chingada madre. Quebrando todo el pinche puerta y todas las pinches plantas afuera de mi casa. Asustándolo mi familia, mi esposa, todos mis niños. Vienen aquí como un pinche monstruo. Por sus puros tequilazos. Ya vete a su chingada madre. No regreses. Y ya vete con tu basura. Todos sus botes. Sus botellas. Haciendo los desmadres. Ya viene la policía buscándolo, cabrón. Le van a chingarlo. Van a torcicieron. Vete a su chingada madre También Dios lo bendiga Yo voy a hacer una oración para ti Pinche Enfermedad Mugroso Como pestoso Ni respeto Ya vete
Watch for Pedro show that truck music start off the same dream doing new prediction. Rob Poetic and Luke Stewart, Chicago bass man, stand up. Be still is the tune. Carnage Asada, they got a brand new record. This is Norteño. Uh, my little George, there, <laughs> little freestyle, right? Uh, Espanol. My little I, this is you too. In fact, I just got this a couple days ago. My mistake. Obama's printed after that, busting out of the playpen. Then Damon Smith and Pandelis, Karyorgis with undertone. Finally, M. Embarazada. Yeah, Embar. Embarazada. <laughs> That's a name. They're, they've landed. Okay, so we got a little, a little thing. Well, how long does Same Dream last? So Same Dream was only together for two years, and then Damien got married and had a baby. I, I think he. I'm pretty sure he gave up music. Um, and moved out of the city, but we haven't really been in touch. Um, and and Barzada, I had been doing sort of overlapping because that's my solo stuff where I just wanted to be weirder and write weirder stuff. And they've landed is about aliens coming and how welcome it will be. <laughs> well, okay, you say by yourself. Are you the only musician involved in that project? Well, not anymore. Luckily, I, I started just writing stuff on GarageBand by myself and putting putting it out. But then I found some musicians here that were willing to play it, which was shocking to me because I just thought, well, nobody's going to be interested in my weird stuff. But the same drummer, Jonathan Silverblatt, who is in My Little Eye, one day, my little I was offered a show, and we couldn't make it. And he said, well, why don't we just have Embarazada play? And my first thought in my brain was like, well, that's impossible, because I don't have any musicians. And it's just me and my computer. I don't want to play with a laptop. And then I thought, why am I automatically shooting myself in the foot? Maybe we could get some people together. So I found some old friends my friend Linnea Villanova, who played bass in a band with me called The Happy Ending, she said she would play bass for Embarazada. My friend Daniel, who I played in a band called Era with, Daniel Lieberman, he was willing to do those songs. And the drummer, it was his suggestion. So we got together and played the gig, and then we just never broke up. We just kept doing stuff. Okay, now, you mentioned My Little Eye, and I, we played a tune there. Uh, my little eye comes before no, because Embrazada is going at the same time as Same Dream. I, I, I'm trying to figure out what because you mentioned my little eye. When when does this uh, come about? Yeah, so so the um, my little eye is current, and so is Embarazada. Embarazada, I started doing that back in the early 2000s, probably around 2005 or so. And just never stopped writing by myself, but now it's actually a live act. And my little eye is just a couple years old. And as I told you, we're recording right now with Martin BC, who's yes. so cool. Yes. And he wanted to say hi to you. And yes. he, our recording is coming out really good. We're doing seven originals and an Olivia Newton John cover, Magic. <laughs> wow. I met him. He was recording Sonic Youth doing their Evil album. 
And it uh-huh. was so trippy because he didn't have a control booth. He actually was in the room with the cats playing. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who came one, one, one of the sessions? Richard Hell came. Thurston set it up. Had him set right out. I was so nervous. I couldn't say one word to him. I was so freaked out and shit. Did he sing on it, or he was just there to watch it? No, he's, just, he, he's a friend of Thirst, and Thirst just brought him. He knew that Watt was way, you know, Richard Hell's my first punk rock hero. To the, to the first few times, I could not speak with him. I was just so in awe, you know? And then I had to sat next to him for, like, hours in the studio. And I just had to get the cojones up to say a word. And he's just been a really cool guy to me. But I remember that thing. It was at Martin's uh, studio there. How did you meet Martin? So, oh shit, when, we got we got to wait because we're at the end of the second hour, August 4, 2023, but we'll get to the Martin BC story. Uh, hold tight for hour three, people. August 4, 2023, third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
New feet within my garden go, new feet as they're the song. A troubadour upon the elm betrays the solitude. The children play upon the green, new willies sleep below. And still the pensive spring returns. And still the punctual snow.
horse, nor foot, nor any of the guns I knew. And of course it was so, and of course he died, cause that's what the best men do. So knock out your pipes and follow me. Finish up your swipes and follow me. Heart to the big drum calling now. Follow me, follow me home. She nays the whole day long, she pours the whole night through And she won't eat while she waits for a step Which is just what the beast would do His girl, she goes with a bombardier Before her month is through And now they're in church Cause she got the beggar hook Which is just what that girl would do
Pedro show. Start off third hour. Embarazada. Embarazada. Come on, what? Get it together. Avoid dance. <laughs> Speaking of the voidoids, Richard Hell. And then Emily Dickinson and Crane. Crane's still working through her, her poems. You know, she wanted to be known as a gardener before a poet. Poetess. And uh, this is my garden. Uh, born Shitsters out of Fukuoka, Japan. No time left to kill. Ain't that right? I wrote a song similar to that called Life is Rehearsal because it ain't a rehearsal, people. This is it. Chuck Johnson, Burden of Proof, and Benedict Edwards, Follow Me Home. Uh, Ratchet Orchestra out of Quebec, Sheep Meadow, and My Little Eye, Land of Plenty. Okay, so your ongoing concern right now is My Little Eye. But when you're in woman alone mode, and Rosario, you know, speaking of uh, Garage Band and, and, and Petra Hayden, she does a lot of recording on that stuff. We just did a whole opera, Charlie uh, Plymel's libretto, 
playing at Chernobyl. She did it all on GarageBand by herself. Where can I hear it? Uh, yeah, just to use a search engine and look for uh, Petra Hayden and Planet Chernobyl, Mike Watt. It's, okay. we, we're called Pelican Man, one word. And it's just violin, mandolin, singing, and bass. Okay, I will look that up. Uh, when, when you do it on your own, what's, what goes first? So usually what I do is because I find that my mind works in completely different ways when I'm writing music than when I'm writing lyrics, I like to write the music first and then leave it for a couple months until I forget what I wrote. And then it's almost like a stranger is giving me some music to write lyrics over and then I can uh, use my lyric brain to write the words. Okay, yeah, that 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 seems especially rhythmically if you want to get a cadence going and stuff. And uh, I, I spaced. I wanted to ask you, how did you meet Martin Bisi? Oh yeah, he, so he lives in my same neighborhood, and oh, wow. <laughs> a friend introduced us. I have this friend Bobby Bunny who was in a band called the Bunny Brains. And then somebody stole their name and they had to change their name to Ultra Bunny. But he's a super nice guy and a noise musician. And he was like, oh, you have to meet Martin. You have to meet Martin. And one day we just ran into him in the neighborhood because he's so close. So I've known him like probably about 15 years now. And this is the first time I'm actually working with him. Wow. Okay. And my little eye. Trippy band name, because what's the other eye? The big eye? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know the the English? I told you my mom is English. There's an English children's game, I Spy With My Little Eye. No, I don't know it. So when you you have kids and you want to keep them occupied, especially in a car trip or something, you just say something like, I spy with my little eye, something beginning with B. And then they have to guess what the thing you're seeing is. But I used it more like my little eye is these songs are coming from my little perspective. This is what I see. And I don't know how you see it, but this is how I see it. <laughs> okay. And and then the Embarazada, how'd you get that name? So Embarazada is Spanish for pregnant. Oh, and shit. Yeah, it is. I actually get a lot of follow-ups on Facebook from women that are pregnant that think I'm a, an advice column or something. But I just love the way the word is spelled with all the A's. The first time I heard it, it just sounds so musical to me. Embarazada. Yeah, yeah. Man, what an idiot. <laughs> you know, I remember the first time I read Jimmy Joyce's uh, Dubliners. And I thought it was dub liners. Like I, it was like in the late seventies, you know, and I was getting into Bob Marley and like dub. And it was, no, it's the name of the town. You fucking idiot. But that's a good name for a band. <laughs> <laughs> the dub liners. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sometimes things I'm so familiar with and it just, man, what an idiot. Okay. But okay. Does this band ever do gigs? Yes. We've been playing little bars and stuff here in Brooklyn and we're trying to get more, more notoriety. This should help. Yeah. And, but, but, but uh, it's different gigs than my little eye gigs. Yeah. It's, it's the same type of venues, just small bars. And yeah. we're also recording right now. We're probably going to release something in the next couple of weeks. 
Uh, we just recorded six songs and they came out really great. Daniel Lieberman, the guitar player, recorded them too and did a great job engineering. Um, do, do both projects, uh, do both, uh, both bands share members? They just share our drummer, Jonathan Silverbot. He played, it was his idea to resurrect. So I'm re- very grateful for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love playing with both bands, but they're definitely a different feel from each other. Okay, you gave me another Little Eye song, my Little Eye song, called Remote Control. I want to play that. Okay. Oh 
thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Ah, I've been waiting for this moment for months, and it's finally here. I'm finally going to get a heritage unit on camera. Yeah! All right. Look at that. A 1953 E8. Woo-hoo! Oh, yeah. Listen to that bell. Yeah, listen to that bell. Oh, take a look at that. Oh, my God! Woo! Listen to that horn! Oh, my God! Oh, she's beautiful! She is beautiful, yeah! All right! Oh my, oh, oh, oh! Oh no, it's a PL2 too! Oh, oh, oh the SNC 52! Oh my God! Oh, we're, we're gonna watch this. Oh, this is special. This is special. Oh, oh, that horn gives me the chills. Oh, and the chills have absolutely nothing to do with how cold it is here. Oh, oh, but that doesn't stop a foamer. Oh, especially when it comes to heritage equipment. Oh, this is fantastic. Oh, oh my goodness. Look at that, blue and gray. Oh, coupled to the, oh, Iowa Pacific, number 518, woo-hoo! Ah-ha, woo, listen to that horn. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, my gosh, look at that. All right. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I wonder who T.C. Durant is. Oh, well. Ah, this is just awesome. I've been waiting for this for months. Look at that. Illinois Central livery right here in North Creek. Ah, that is awesome. Ah. Oh, yeah. Can't believe I got this. Oh, yeah.
able to think of myself as a front person and that people are actually interested in my music instead of just writing in my bedroom all the time, you know? So you're saying the drum, him as his personality, but maybe uh, also the musicianship, the drumming, something like what more foundation in a good drummer, right? Right. He's like the driving force both ways. Like he's very ambitious and he wa- he loves playing drums and learning about drums and he takes classes and he wants to make up new weight, new rhythms and things. And that is very inspiring to me. Yeah, there's a, new, uh, a drummer from that part of the country, Roy Haynes, right? 98 years old, still playing. What kind of music? It's, you know, jazz, he plays played with you know, John Coltrane and stuff, you know. Oh. But uh, in, in fact, he was born a couple of years before you, right? And and still going. And uh, Mike Baguetta's uh, the guy I help out with his MSSV brush. He, he says there's something about drums being cardio. Maybe it helps your health. But uh-huh. I just think, you know, you were talking about uh, Kim Ware, and we were talking about music as mental health helper. Uh, and yes. I, I, ta- I asked her about that because it, it has helped me big time. So I me wonder too. if something, yeah, I was going to say something about that with your projects. And let me tell the people what we played the last music for this edition. It was My Little Eye with Remote Control. And then Ragana, brand new, Desolation's Flower. What's the way they call this stuff? Uh, black metal and stuff out of East Bay, Oak Town. But there's ladies doing it now. Why not? You know, the Rake at the Jazz Bunker, Rotterdam, 1988. This is Eugene Chadborn out of Greensboro. Uh, uh, him playing a few years ago. The Electric Rake. That's an instrument. Uh, Pengo, Awakening the Laughing Brain and Other Half-Baked Pursuits. And finally, Jeannie Fry and Nina Morrison, your buddy, now I know, from the musical Hearts on Fire. Enlighten us about that. Okay, so uh, also my other friend, Nina Kyle, was in a band with a girl named Zoe, and Zoe was married to Nina Morrison, and I got a message through the grapevine, Nina Morrison needs a singer for her play, and would you do it? And I was like very nervous, but 
stuck, uh, sort of feeling stagnant. And so I thought maybe this is exactly what I need to get out of my shell. And I went and showed up at the band practice. And when I first walked in, I had never met any of the people there before. And Nina Morrison said, our last singer sang a Frank Sinatra song. And I sort of had a chip on my shoulder and was like, well, I only sing originals. And she said, original music, that's even better. And so we've been fast friends ever since then. And she put me in one of her plays. She taught all the people my songs, all the actors and actresses. And it was so fun. And many years went by and she contacted me about two years ago and said, I just wrote a musical, but all the songs are just poems. Can you write the music? And she let me change the words around a little, but we, every time I would write a song and send it to her, she'd be like, this is amazing. And it was so good for my self-esteem. And the play just had a reading at the Jungle Theater in Minneapolis about a month ago, and it was a complete triumph. It was so fun to see the songs performed by actors and it got a standing ovation. So I'm really happy wow. about Hearts on Fire. Yeah. Thank you, Nina, for helping you. This is a whole nother way to present your musical, another musical side of yourself. Yeah, it was great. It was liberating. Yeah. You know, how far are you along with the My Little Eye record? So we are in the mixing stages. We've done all the recording okay. and we only mixed that one song, My Mistake, that I sent you, and we have the other seven songs to go. Yeah, well, the reason I asked was when you get it done and stuff, will you come back on the show and we can play it and talk about it? I would love to. Thank okay. you. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I'm really interested. Also, also, Embarazada, of course, uh, if you get pregnant with other ideas musically that <laughs> way, too. Uh, bring them up on board. I can't wait to have you back on. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, people, it's been the August 4, 2023 edition of Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.